time. Lord, as we open up tonight, God, as we come to you uh, and have our Bibles open, God, our hearts are already open, Lord. You, we just want to be with you as we worshiped you. We, we just cried out to you. And now, Lord, we ask you to speak to us. And we pray, God, that you would anoint your word with your spirit. And, and God, that you would show us, help us to learn and motivate us tonight, God, to to continue to be your light, lights, Lord, and to live for you, God, as we are living in times where it's hard, it's difficult, it's dark. And also, God, you're coming soon. We see, Lord, uh, just that you're going to be here soon. So help us, Lord, to understand and to shine your light, share your word, God. And we ask that you bless this time now, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I came across this recent report that came out with uh, Ligonier Ministries and Lifeway Research. And they reported, they are saying, now listen to this, 43% of evangelicals agree, and I quote, Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God, end quote. Isn't that crazy? Which, at, in this uh, a survey... It's risen 13 points in the last two years. Isn't that crazy? That, that means like um, uh, two years ago, right, it was 31% believe that Jesus isn't God. It's risen to 43% to those who call themselves evangelicals, basically Christians in this nation. Along with that, it was found that 56% of American evangelicals say that, I quote, God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, which, uh, end quote, and which actually rose 14 points in the last two years. Crazy. That means four, two years ago, it was 44%. Now it's risen to 56%, where evangelicals accept all all religions that's crazy to me what is happening to our society what's going on with with the truths of god's word another study by george barna and a cultural research center at arizona christian university they reported now listen to this at least one third of senior pastors in the u.s believe a person one-third now, it's pastors now. What a person can earn a place in heaven simply by being a good person. Pastors, you guys. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I was just in shock. I mean, this is really a reflection of our society changing. This is a, really, a, a real reflection of how we are departing away from the truth of God's word. And especially if we talk about Oh, well, we can earn a place in heaven by being a good person, by works. This, this is crazy. Is, is that really what the gospel is about? Is that really what, what Jesus was about? Is that really what we're supposed to preach as pastors and as Christians? As we have the Great Commission, right, to go out into the world and make disciples of men. Is it all of this that we're seeing this trend, oh, all religions, they, they lead to God. Oh, it's good works. Is that really what the gospel is about? Not me. 
I, I'm going to stand and keep standing to what the word of God says. I find salvation is not about the words. It's about Jesus, right? There's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. And you know what that gospel is really about? It's about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness. Well, tonight, we finally come, I promised you last week, to our last Bible study here in the book of Luke. And... Um, I, if I got the number right, I'm not sure, Jesse, but I think I got the number right. I believe we, this is going to be message number 100 or somewhere around there. We started the book of Luke back in August 2020. Can you believe that? So that's been, what, two years. And so I've taken my time going through this book. And so we've come finally to this last message. And you know what? In this last chapter, in this last message, in the last set of verses we're going to be looking at tonight, Jesus teaches the disciples what the gospel is really about, what their commission is. They are all to go out now and make it all known that, you know what? The gospel is about the forgiveness from God through the blood of Christ, through the provision and atonement of Jesus Christ. So, I've titled our, our message tonight, Make It Known. Make It Known. We're going to be studying Luke chapter 24 from verse 44 to 53 tonight. So our last set of verses here in the book of Luke. And we're going to be seeing four things. Number one, the message. Number two, the mission. Number three, the means and number four, the moment. So the message, the mission, the means, the moment. So let's begin here with number one in our outline, the message, the message. Now, in this section, if you're taking notes, we're going to be covering verses 44 through 47. 44 through 47. But first of all, Take a look here with verse 44 and 45. We're going to read that first. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 44. It says here, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. We'll stop right there. We begin now with Luke. He writes this word in verse 44, then. Well, this is all coming after Jesus had proved to the disciples that he really did rise from the dead in a bodily resurrection. Last time we saw that, right? We, I, I call last message, um, Jesus really is alive. I was thinking about just the two verses above that, how he ate broiled fish. Yeah, it's not great. Jesus is a fish eater. He, he probably would like pokey today if, you know, there was that. But anyway, um, so as we come into verse 44, it's been actually some days after Jesus showed himself in this bodily resurrection. It's believed that some days later, this is where Luke is writing. It's, it's not so much chronological, which we saw in the book of Luke. It wasn't always chronological. It was more thematic. That's how he wrote. But he's wrapping this gospel up. So he says then, after, after this, that moment, after that time, and it was some days later, Jesus now is going to teach the disciples how he himself fulfilled 
the Old Testament prophecies. We know in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, that some of these meetings were in Galilee. They're, they're back up in the northern area of Israel. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, we find that it was 40 days Jesus spent time teaching the disciples before he ascended. So here's Jesus. Then after he had uh, proved himself that he's alive, bodily resurrection and everything, then he said to them, hey, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. So he begins, he starts with what he had taught them about when he was still alive before he died on the cross. That's what he's talking about. It's like, hey, remember what I talked to you guys about? Remember how I, I, I taught you? about what the scriptures had said. I taught you about how I had to go to Jerusalem and die and rise again. And so Jesus began with that, reminding them of what he had taught them about. And so he's going to expound on these scriptures of what he taught. And what he expounds on, he goes on in verse 44, that everything written about me, and he, we really see a three grouping of the Old Testament scriptures. What, written me, what was written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms, I'm going to show you how what was written, prophesied, how it was fulfilled in what happened in my death and resurrection. So, so Jesus is basically, okay, we're going to class now. We're going we're gonna to learn here. So he started out, well, let me remember what I told you guys about. Then he goes on and he gets into three sections of the Old Testament. And the law of Moses really is what we call the Pentateuch, the Pentateuch. It's the first five books of the Bible, penta meaning five. It's from Genesis to Deuteronomy. And, and, and the, the first five books. And so Jesus is going through those with Genesis and maybe talking about all oh, the prophecy in Genesis 3 about the Messiah, that, that Abraham's covenant, how it looked toward uh, um, his sacrifice. And all these things, the sacrifices in Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, all the little prophecies, he's going through all that. And then he mentions here the prophets, a, a second major section in the Old Testament. Now, the, the prophets would speak about the major prophets, like from Isaiah through Daniel. And it would speak about what we call the minor prophets. Uh, they're not minor like minor league, and, you know, Isaiah guys are like major league, and Habakkuk, oh, they are just down here in the mine. No, it just means that the, the books are smaller there. The prophecies are smaller there. So at the end of the Old Testament are the minor prophets. So he would, he would teach and talk about all the prophecies that were contained in there. Uh, one commentator said he probably included the history. So we have the Pentateuch, and then from Joshua after Deuteronomy uh, into the few books after that, like Kings and all that, Nehemiah, all that, they, they are called the his history, the section of history. And so that could be included in this prophet. One commentator mentioned that. And then the third grouping that Jesus gives here is the Psalms. And usually that is what we call wisdom and poetry, which include from Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, um, and Song of Solomon. All those books right there in the middle of the Old Testament. 
So Jesus taught the disciples from this threefold section of the Old Testament. And then, so it says in verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now, certainly there was a spiritual awakening, revelation, I should say, of understanding these scriptures. I'm sure the Holy Spirit was working here. But I I think the core of what Luke is saying that with the teaching of the of the scriptures, the scriptures here is the Old Testament scripture, right? Because there's no New Testament. It would only be the Old Testament. They haven't written the New Testament yet. So it's just through the Old Testament, through this teaching, their eyes were open to connect now. Think about what they experienced with what Jesus taught them in the three years to his death and resurrection that they saw with their own very eyes and experience and see Jesus is alive. He's teaching them right there, eating with them, right? I'm sure they had some koinonia meals together too. And so they took what Jesus had taught before, what happened to Jesus, his death and resurrection, and now Jesus is specifically teaching them the Old Testament prophecies and how it was fulfilled by him. And so that opened their understanding. It opened their minds to Wow, exactly what the scripture says is exactly what happened, and Jesus fulfilled that. So this was an eye-opening teaching. Those 40 days was totally eye-opening. And I got I, I got to think that I'm sure, like, remember back in verse 32 of chapter 24, when the two guys, the two followers, disciples on the road to Emmaus, that when their eyes are open, they recognize Jesus. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? There's that word again, open, while Jesus explained these things. And I'm sure in those 40 days, it went even into more detail. So I'm sure the, with the disciples, their hearts were burning, right? They're like, whoa, 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 I see it. Whoa, I get it. So here's the first thing I want you to see is as Jesus took the disciples through the Old Testament scripture and its fulfillment, it all clicked and they got it. That, that, I want you to capture this feeling here. They, it all clicked. It was clicking in their mind with what Jesus told them before. They're remembering before his death, his death and resurrection. And now he's teaching them, right? See, see this? See, remember this happened? Remember I told you this? Look, it happened. That's right. And it's all clicked, and they got it, you guys. They got it that Jesus is the Messiah, that everything that Jesus went through had to happen. They were broken before. Remember, they thought, oh, the Messiah is going to come, take over the Romans, set up the kingdom, that he was a conquering Messiah, not a crucified one. But now they got it. Now it clicked. Now it was in them. Now Can you imagine what's burning in their heart now? Whoa, I get it. I get it. We see the evidence that they got it. You know what? In the book of Acts. And and I'll I'll let you know right now. Since we're ending this study in the book of Luke, and next week we have that interview, as I mentioned, what are we going to do after that? After this book? Which book are we going to study next? I'll let you know. The book of Acts. (laughs) The book of Acts. (laughs) So I'm excited about that. 
But we see the evidence that they got it. It clicked in their minds. Like, you know what? When Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2, he started quoting Joel. He quoted Psalm 16 about the resurrection. It was, it was all interweaved into his sermon, into his message at that time. Peter in Acts chapter 4, he quotes Psalm 118 verse 22, how Jesus was the stone that was rejected by the builder. So can, you can imagine, he's just pulling from what he's taught had been taught by Jesus in these 40 days. He's learned, he's got it, he's captured it, it's in his heart, it's clicking in his mind, so he's able to preach this with a fire in his heart, understanding that while Jesus is the Messiah, and all that has happened was prophesied, and he's preaching that. I was thinking about when Philip met the Ethiopian eunuch, right? And he's reading Isaiah, 53. And so Philip was able to share the gospel and share what happened to Christ, that that was a prophecy of Christ dying for our sins. I mean, if you read the sermons in the book of Acts, you will see many, many references to the Old Testament scripture. If you ever wondered why, that's why. Because Jesus taught them, yeah. From the Old Testament scriptures. I mean, there wasn't no New Testament. So that was the basis of understanding what Jesus did. They went to Bible school basically in those 40 days. And and you see it coming out, leaking out in the book of Acts. So you know what? Put this into your mind right now. Understand this tonight as we're, we're realizing this and learning this. That the gospel of Jesus Christ was not made up yeah it wasn't something oh let's let's bring let's put this together let's oh this will be nice let's do it wasn't like that christianity is a fulfillment of scripture it's based on the bible of the old testament understand that today god the gospel wasn't invented by the disciples well you know jesus died let's let's kind of figure something out here no what we're finding that jesus who really did rise again from the dead taught them how he fulfilled the old testament scripture so the gospel is based on the bible it's based on what God had in plan all along and interwove that plan into the Old Testament scripture. So we can be solid on the gospel. It's not just some religion someone made up because they wanted something, you know, like Scientology. It's made up. It's made up. It's based on the word of God. So Jesus took the disciples to the Old Testament scripture and its fulfillment, and it all clicked. They got it. They got it. All right, look at verse 46 and verse 47. So he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. All right, so Jesus... After he's explaining, they went to school, he explains all these things. It says here in verse 36, and said to them, thus it is written now. He says, basically, in other words, you can see now that this was the plan all along. It wasn't something made up. It, was, it wasn't something that knew or anything, but that Jesus, or brand new, that Jesus was actually fulfilling 
the, the, the Old Testament prophecies in God's plan. And what was that? Thus it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer, should suffer and die on the cross for our sins and then rise, be resurrected on the third day. So he's putting it all together here. So see you guys, see what? All the prophecies come together and that's what was God's plan all along. Remember our theme as we come to our last message. What is the theme for the book of Luke? This is the test right now. Does anyone know? Fail, fail, fail. No, just joking. <laughs> the, the theme for the book of Luke, our theme was Jesus was born a man in order to die on the cross for our sins, for all our sins, excuse me. That's the theme. Our theme verse was actually Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Jesus is bringing it all here that, hey, see, this is why I, I had to die, but I rose again, conquered sin and death. I, I, I rose again. We, I, I freed you from the bondage of sin. I rose again. I paid the price for atonement, and so I rose again, which proves that the atonement was paid. And then he goes on here in verse 47, and this is what's really important tonight, you guys. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be Proclaim. Now, when it says in his name to all the nations, beginning with Jerusalem, it's talking about how first it starts in Jerusalem with the Jews. And then this is to be proclaimed going out to the whole world, to the Gentiles. And, and so that's the idea. But what is this that Jesus is saying should be proclaimed? That the repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Salvation. The gospel, you can say, is about repentance and then receiving the forgiveness of sins. Understand, this is what Jesus is talking about, that, that lost sinners can re repent before God. Repent means a total U-turn, 180 to 180. Really, not just be remorseful for your sins, but really, really be feeling uh, regret and guilt for your sins that so much so that you don't want to sin anymore but lost sinners can find forgiveness from God that's really the idea remember Christ's death atones for our sins and since his blood was given to atone for our sins that means we can be forgiven now so this is the idea. This is what Christ came to do. To make the way for, you know what? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's what it's about. Think about this. The whole book of Luke started kind of with this idea. It started in chapter 1, verse 47, when the priest Zechariah, when he gave his prophecy in verse 77, he said, to give knowledge of salvation... To his people in the forgiveness of their sins. And then we come to the end of the book of Luke. And we find that the mission was accomplished. And now sinners can be forgiven. So here's, here's the, the, the second thing I want you to see. And this is really the main thing. The message you share is of repentance and forgiveness. This is the heart of the gospel. This is the heart of the gospel. 
The message is forgiveness. The message is repentance and forgiveness. That's what it's about. This is what God has been pushing. This is the plan of salvation. Without it, we cannot have what we have today. We cannot have heaven without the atonement and forgiveness. We cannot have a relationship with God without the atonement and forgiveness. We cannot be new creations without the forgiveness. Or we would be still caught in our sins. We would still be in bondage of our sins. We would still face judgment without what? Forgiveness. Forgiveness, you guys. That is, that's a key component for the gospel. That is why Jesus died on the cross and rose again. This, this is the heart of the gospel. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Some Christian missionaries met with other representatives of other religions in um, Delhi, India. They sat down to have a conversation about their different beliefs. Uh, one man from India asked the missionary, Tell me, tell me now. One thing your religion can offer the people of India that mine can't. Well, the missionary thought for a moment, and you know how he replied? Forgiveness, forgiveness. That's what it's about. The gospel is forgiveness. No, no other religion will really offer it like that. You got to do something to receive that forgiveness. You got to make an offering. You got to make a sacrifice. You got to do some sort of deed or work to get forgiveness. But in what we are finding tonight and what we know of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, what is the what is the unique thing that Christianity offers? Forgiveness. Forgiveness from God by just believing because we believe in the work that Christ has done. You know what's great to know tonight? Are you weighed down by your sin? Maybe you're here in this room or you're connected online. You are just weighed down by the guilt and the regret. Know this today that that's why Jesus died, that you can be forgiven. Jesus has come to this earth to to make the way so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. And this forgiveness, it moves you from death to life. It moves you from hell to heaven. It moves you from, from being an enemy of God to a friend. It moves you from darkness to light. It moves you from bondage to freedom. So understand how important that is. And, and this is why I, I, this is the main thing tonight. If I can put that into your minds and into your head and into your heart, is that People need Jesus. That, that, that they need forgiveness. That, that, that they don't have to feel rejected any longer from God. This is the heart of the gospel. And we need to keep that in our mind, in our heart. That's what we got to make known. Make it known. Forgiveness. So this is number one, the message. The message. Let's go to number two, the mission, the mission. Here we're going to only look at verse 48, verse 48. Take a look with me here now. Luke 24, verse 48 says, you are witnesses of these things. So this message, the gospel, forgiveness, this, this commission that Jesus is making is to be proclaimed. 
Now, uh, let's back up for a moment. The, the word proclaim there in verse 47, it, it, it means made known. It's me, it means to be announced. It, it, it means to, to broadcast. And so this message of forgiveness is to be proclaimed, made known by the disciples, by Jesus' followers. Why? For these disciples, they are being called to be, in verse 48, witnesses of these things. What things? The message, forgiveness, of what they learn, what the Bible says, why Christ came to this earth to die and rise again. So they are to be witnesses. We are to be witnesses. We are to witness Jesus Christ. That's where you get that term. The word witnesses is actually, it means one having knowledge of something, so to give or, I like this, pass on this knowledge. It means to bring to light, the original Greek word. That's what witnesses mean. We are, we are to pass on what we found in Christ. We, we are to bring to light the truth of the scripture of people who are in the dark about it. Think about what Jesus did, right? He took the disciples and said, hey, let me show you. And in the scriptures, he went through all the scriptures to show them the truth about the gospel, his death and resurrection, and that you can have forgiveness now. That's the idea. The disciples were called now to pass on what they learned, to be witnesses. You know what I like about this? Notice something here. Just take notice here. Jesus didn't say, you got to be expert theologians. Yeah? You got to have your doctrine together. You got to be a professor with a degree to be able to be a witness. No, he didn't say that. He said, no, I just want you guys to take what you learn, what you've experienced, what you know, what saving forgiveness is in Jesus Christ, and pass it on. Share it. You know, I always thought, Wow, God, that, this is amazing that you call the disciples. And we know even from Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go and make the disciples on that. And, and, and you put that responsibility on to the disciples. I thought, that's amazing. And um, have you ever thought, well, God, why didn't you just, you know, set up some big speakers all over the world and just start talking? People would hear your voice, you know. Thus says the Lord, this is the Lord, Jesus is the way, you know. When in, you know, And maybe he could have done that. But you know what? God wanted to use you and I, human beings. He wanted to use you and I as witnesses. He wanted to use us in our experiences and how God saved us and how we are forgiven. He wanted to use our personality our own voice, our testimony. Of, uh, uh, he wanted us to share, you and I, human being to human being, to share what we learn. That's the Great Commission. This is what Jesus is doing. In Matthew, it's the Great Commission, go make disciples of men. Here, the Lord says, you're witnesses. I want you to be witnesses of the repentance of the for, for the forgiveness of sins. This is what I want you to preach. So <clears throat> here's what I want you to see is the mission is to take the message of forgiveness and make it known to others around you. 
The mission, which we're talking about right now, we're set on a mission to be witnesses, is to take the message, the message of forgiveness we just talked about, and make it known, which is the title of our, our, this whole message, to others around you. You like how I wrapped up all, all this in one point? <laughs> but, but this is what's on my heart. This is what, I, what was in my studies here. This is our mission, you guys, to be witnesses, to, to take that message of forgiveness and make it known. Make it known to those around us. I like something Vance Havner once said. The gospel is not something we come to church to hear. It is something we go from church to tell. I love that. We don't just say, oh yeah, I've heard this before. I know what the gospel is. No, this, this message today, the end of Luke, what Jesus is telling us through his word today, is not for us to, okay, yeah, I get it. I know, I know, I know, Pastor Ray. No, it's, it's to fire up and take this and pass it on to share, to take the message of forgiveness and make it known. Now, you may be thinking, okay, but I want to do that, but okay, but, but, but what do I say? What, 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 how do I make it known? I mean, I, I'm not sure. Well, I always encourage people to, you know what, just be yourself, first of all. You know, you don't have to like, well, talk in a low tone, like, God's talking or something, you know. <laughs> no, just be yourself and just share from your heart. Share what God is doing. Share what God has done. Help someone. You know, when the door of opportunity opens up, just share. You know what I found? You know what God has done for me? I learned in the Bible that Jesus Christ died for my sins and I can be forgiven now. And that's huge for me. I can be forgiven and, and God could be part of my life. I mean, you don't need some three-point sermon or anything like that. But just focus on how you, you're not any better. Yeah, you, are, you need forgiveness too, just like this other person. It's been said, evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. I love that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're one sinner telling another sinner how to be forgiven. That, that's really the idea. Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm scared. What if, what if they ask me something I don't know? Well, if you don't know, just be honest and say, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. You don't know. You can say, well, maybe I'll try and find out and I'll get back to you. And then... You know, if you have some Bible question or some sort of question and, you know, say, well, I don't know, but let me, let me get back to you. You know, then just pick up the phone, call Pastor Stephen. And, no, 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 you can ask me too. But whatever, do some research, you know. Open the Bible, ask somebody, you know, look on the Internet, right? There's a lot of, lot of resources available, not just calling the pastors. But think about it this way. It's not... It, it, when when they ask you a question you don't know, it's it's not like like you know a, a, a place where you're going to be shamed or something. No, don't no shame here. If you don't know, you don't know. You're honest. Yeah, you don't have to know everything. But think of it this way: see it as an opportunity to talk to that person again and and share more of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're thinking, well, well, I get 
I'm nervous about this. I mean, what if I mess up? And, and I think we have, you know, sincere hearts where we doctrinally, we don't want to, you know, say something blasphemous, 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 or, you know, we don't want to say the wrong thing and, oh, you know, like put down God or, you know, you know, like that. And maybe you think, well, well, I might get nervous and I'll mess things up, say things backwards, but, and, and I might mess up this person's salvation. But understand this, you don't save nobody. <laughs> Only God saves, not you. Someone's eternity is not hinged upon you, you know. Even if we mess up, even if we're unfaithful, we fail, it's not like, oh man, that was the only person, you know. Oh, now what am I going to... No, God will send someone else. God, God, God doesn't really need us, but he wants to use us as his tool so we can experience God, God working through us. He wants us to be part of this mission, to take the message of forgiveness and make it known to others around us. You know, just be you. And let the Holy Spirit guide you and fill you. Years ago, I remember Pastor Chuck telling a, a true story of a young woman. She got saved at church and everything, and and she was so moved. You know, she she's she just all oh, so moved by God loving her and forgiving her that that she would actually stand on the corner of a street and just started sharing with anybody who would stop and talk to her. Well, <clears throat> this skeptic. Uh, picked up on that and so every day this man would come and just hassle her he he like give her questions that were too hard and 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 would try and trip her up and just just intent intentionally like antagonize her and and just because he was a skeptic he was he, he he didn't like you know what she was doing talking about god and everything but every question every everything that he tried to stump her with she would just simply reply and say, you know, I don't know the answer to your question. But what I do know is Jesus loves you. And Jesus died on the cross for you. And Jesus rose again from the dead to save you. And Jesus wants to forgive you of your sins. So every day he would come. Every day she would just keep saying the same thing, same response, same response. Then one night, he couldn't sleep. True story, he couldn't sleep. He kept tossing and tossing, and he started getting convicted of his own sins. And then he saw the emptiness in his heart. And then the next morning, he got up right away, rushed out, found her, and asked her, how can I be saved? How can I be forgiven? And she prayed with him, and he came to the Lord. Isn't that awesome? I think that's awesome. That's the power of the gospel. We need not be ashamed, Romans 1, right? Jesus is real. We know the truth. The gospel is based on God's word. And it's based on what Jesus has done. And the Son of God who came to this earth and died on the cross. So you guys, make it known. Make it known. All right, we've seen the mission. I mean, the message the mission number two. Let's go to number three quickly. The means. The means. And here we're going to look at verse 49 only. Verse 49. 
Jesus goes on and says, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. All right, so Jesus adds this to the commissioning of the disciples, of sending them out you know, into the world in Matthew 28 and here to proclaim forgiveness, the gospel in that way. He says, you know what, I, I'm going to send the promise of the Father. Now, what's the promise of the Father? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that God had promised in the Old Testament, like Joel or Ezekiel 36, 27, that God said, I will put my spirit in you. Now, a long time ago, back in the Old Testament, uh, certain kings and prophets would be filled with the spirit. But it's restricted. But now that Jesus died and rose again, now that we're forgiven, now the atonement is made, the spirit actually can come and reside in us and fill us and empower us. So that is what Jesus is talking about. And so he says, you know, I'm going to help you out here with this. I'm going to send the spirit to empower you to share the gospel of forgiveness. So he tells them now in verse 49, Stay in the city, which is Jerusalem, until you're clothed with power from on, on high. I like that picture. It's like putting on the clothes, yeah? And you put on this power suit, <laughs> this um, super suit. And dun, 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 you know. but, but I love that thought, you know, power from on high, from God, from the Holy Spirit. So we know what happened, right? We know that in Acts Chapter 2, Pentecost happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, and and you turn over there real quick to Acts chapter 1. We'll get a a little preview of when we study this. But in uh, verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus, speaking about the same thing, he says, But you will receive power, verse 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So that's that power. That's the promise of the Father. So the means now for witnessing is by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And listen, this is important. Not by your own strength. Understand that. Jesus is pretty straight here. Hey, I'm going to send you the Spirit. It's not going to be you. It's not going to be by your own strength. But you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. So the means for witnessing is by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Warren Worsby said, Witnessing is not something that we do for the Lord. It is something that He does through us which is so good. That's why it's so important that you're in prayer, that you're in the Word, that you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's leading. It's important. So as you're hearing Jesus calling you to be on that mission, to go out and and be a witness, to bring this message, you know, go in the flow and the strength and and power of the Holy Spirit. And When you go that way, amazing things will happen. 
but God will not leave you stranded. And, and you know what I say? Pray for opportunities. Look for opportunities. Let the Holy Spirit guide you into those opportunities. Pray for the right words. And then watch and see what God does. It, it's not something you force. It's something that will naturally through the Spirit will happen. Because Jesus is there. God, the Holy Spirit is there in your sharing. We were having a conversation. It was with Lisa, as I mentioned, the other day. And, and we were talking about how it is so important right now to share Jesus. We are in the end times. Things are getting darker. Uh, as I uh, um, um, said at, at the beginning, how it's like our society, Christians, are, are, are drifting away from the truth. And, and it's so much more important that we are sharing the word. And, and, but we don't want to be like forceful. And we don't want to be like ugly about it, you know, toward people who are lost and who are in sin. Um, perhaps we're, we're talking about, well, maybe there's, you know, I try when I'm having conversations with people who aren't saved, I try and maybe throw out the word blessings or, oh, yeah, I've been blessed, you know. Or, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you. You know, now I don't necessarily say you need Jesus, you know, kind of thing, uh, unless the Holy Spirit leads me, which, which I did one day. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll try and kind of show, kind of throw these words out and maybe it'll open doors. So I have wisdom in that because the Holy Spirit could take one word and make it super powerful, right? Through his power. So however the Spirit leads you, be, be open to that. Be praying for opportunities. I'll tell you, God will bring opportunities, especially when we're ready. God, we're ready. Send us someone. God, I want to bring your mission. Lord, I want to speak of your forgiveness. You know, have a, have a chance meeting, a, a, a point, divine appointment with God. Because there's people out there that God is reaching. And maybe you're at a place or at a store or somewhere right at the right moment where that other person is and God wants to show. God wants to use you. So, make it known. The message, the mission, the means. And now, number four, the moment. This is our last heading. The moment. And here, we'll cover the rest of our verses in this chapter, verse 50 to 53. First look at verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany, Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. So at the end of these 40 days of teaching, after Jesus taught them, uh, talked to them about the Holy Spirit's going to come, talked to them about being witnesses, proclaiming his word. And a lot of this we'll, we'll get into when we get into Acts chapter 1. Uh, that kind of overlaps here as Luke is in, ending this gospel. He led them, the disciples, as far as Bethany. Remember, Bethany was on the other side of the Mount of Olives uh, there. And so they were over there, and he lifted his hands up there on, on the mount on the other side, and he blessed them. I, I feel like he prayed for them. I feel like he blessed them for, for their success, for their their mission now, their, that I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm praying blessing upon you and the work that you're going to do, and which we'll see in the book of Acts. And while he was there blessing them, while he was praying, he was carried up into heaven. He was carried up into heaven. This is Jesus' 
ascension. That's what it's called. He went right up into heaven. We're going to talk more in detail in Acts chapter 1, even the meaning of all that. But but remember, Jesus has a new resurrected body, right? This glorified body. It can pass through walls. It can eat. At this moment, it actually can go lift up into the air and disappear and go. I, I, I mean, heaven isn't like not necessarily up there. It's another dimension. But the scene is he went up, carried away, and went to heaven, maybe disappeared and went into the other dimension. You know, there was only a couple other people, this isn't normal, right, that this happened to, like Enoch, walked with God and he wasn't. Or Elijah, remember in First, Second Kings 2, where he, he rode that chariot, yeah, into heaven. Well, this doesn't normally happen here, but here's Jesus in that new resurrected body, and he traveled right there to heaven and sat at the right hand of God, which is a phrase that means he was exalted. He is Lord King now in heaven. Then verse 52, notice what happened with the disciples now. And they worshiped him, and returned to Jerusalem with what great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Now, we're going to see more exactly what happens when we study the book of Acts. But with all of this now, once Jesus went into heaven, they worshipped him. They, they worshipped Jesus. They, they, they just were just filled with worship, understanding everything understanding what they need to do now. And they worshiped him. They returned to Jerusalem. They, they went to the temple to worship God, continually blessing God. But I like where it says they were filled basically with great joy. You know what? Their hearts were bursting, you can say, with the truths of what they have learned. They got it all connected, right? And, and with their new mission, they were, they were ready, but Jesus said, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And they were just bursting. Think about how, how, how before their hearts were broken, and, um, uh, but then they were burning, and now their hearts are bursting here, full of joy, seeing everything that has happened. Now, this ascension, remember Jesus prayed for them, This ascension of Jesus marks really the end of his ministry here on earth. When Jesus ascended, went back into heaven. It it marks the the total end. Even after he died and rose again, he came back, taught the disciples. He had a little more ministry to do. But ascension marked the end of his ministry on the earth. And then, get this, at that moment, the disciples, you know what, were past the baton. They were now have that ministry. They were waiting for the Spirit, but but basically they were given the baton to share forgiveness, share what Jesus had done. Isn't this interesting? The story of Jesus began in Luke, where he left heaven and came to the earth, right? The story ends with Jesus leaving earth and returning to heaven. Luke began with the incarnation and it ends with the exaltation. Luke began with the Son of God 
being born of a virgin. He ends with the Son of God born from the dead in this resurrected body. Luke began with the promise, the prophecies of why Jesus was born. And it ends with the fulfillment of those prophecies. What we're seeing right now at the end of Luke, it's like book the, the second bookend. Yeah? Jesus' birth and ascension are the two bookends of his ministry on earth. But now, now begins the disciples' story. Now is their ministry. And that's what we're going to see in the book of Acts. So our last point is this. The moment Jesus ascended into heaven was the moment the baton was passed to the disciples. That's what was happening right here. There's going to be a little interlude we're going to see in Acts chapter 1. We're going to study that and the Holy Spirit coming upon them in Acts chapter 2. But this was the moment they, that, the baton is handed. Jesus' ministry is done and now this is the beginnings of the disciples' ministry. This is the moment Jesus ascended was the moment the baton is passed to the disciples. You understand what a baton is, right? I remember um, this was like, I think, seventh grade or something. And I actually, you know, ran track for PE, you know. And I remember we were doing a relay race, right, where you have a baton, that metal kind of round stick-looking thing. And, and you would run and, and you... And, um, or, or and someone would run and then pass the baton to you. You know, you got to run like this and grab the baton, then you got to run and pass it to the other person. You know, after a while, they got their hand back there, start running, all that. I, I, we've seen it, the Olympics and everything. Um, I wasn't good at running, I wasn't good at baton with the baton because I would drop it. <laughs> it's like, you know, slip out of my hand and drop it. Think about this. Jesus passed the baton to the disciples. And the disciples, they shared, they proclaimed their gospel of forgiveness. And the people who heard that and were saved, then the next generation took that and passed that down. The next generation passed down. It was, it's been passing down through all the generations. And you know what? Today it's in our hands. Today it is in our hands. This is our commission too. This is our calling too. This is our mission too. This message that was given to the disciples is our message too. And we have the same means too through the Holy Spirit. And so the moment has come for us too to take that baton. It's in our hands too. So you guys, don't drop the baton. (laughs) Don't drop it like I did in seventh grade. What Jesus says here applies to us all. You know, think about this. There's one thing we can't do in heaven, and that's tell the lost about Jesus. That's our mission right now. This is the call for every Christian. We Think about it this way. We are citizens of heaven, right? And, And in Christ. And now as we live on this earth, we're in a foreign land. We're missionaries, you guys. Every one of us are missionaries. there's no gift of missionary. No, God called all of us. Matthew 20, he's calling everybody, every Christian, every believer to be a missionary. So our home is in heaven, 
But we're on a foreign land right now as missionaries. And we are to proclaim, to share, to broadcast to everyone we could the gospel of forgiveness. And it's crazy. Because God uses us imperfect human beings. But that's what he wants. He wants to use imperfect human beings to tell other imperfect human beings that, you know what, you can be forgiven. You don't have to be super special to do this. You don't have to be, like I said, a professor or some theologian. No, he just uses everyday people like you and I to do this. An unknown person who got excited about sharing Jesus put it this way, I am just a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I love that. So, will you heed his call tonight? Just be you. Let's step up. Let's make it known. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for this whole book of Luke. And as we come to the end, God, we, you're calling us. You're stirring us up, God. You're reminding us of what the gospel is really about. Lord, we know people are suffering, God. People are, are suffering under their guilt and remorse. God, people really deep inside in their emptiness, Lord, they want you, but they don't know how to get to you. Lord, they are convicted of their sins, but how can they be forgiven? Lord, help us to share that good news, Lord. Help us to share the truths of the scriptures of, of what, God, your word says, that we can be forgiven now. That if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God, that we can come to you in repentance and be saved, Lord. So, Lord... Help us tonight to remember our calling. God, it's good we study the Bible. It's good we worship. It's, it's good we try and, and live for you and be obedient. It's good that we love our spouses and that we uh, train up our children, God. But, Lord, help us to always share, even amongst ourselves, Lord, even in our families, God, even with one another, Lord, that we can have forgiveness in you. So Jesus, I pray now for your Holy Spirit to fill us, God. Lord, we need you right now. We thank you, Lord, for the cross, your resurrection. And so let that, understanding these things now, even more, let that set our hearts on fire and let us be bursting, God, with worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's